you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dana Kaplan. Welcome, Dana. Hi, thanks for having me. I am super, super excited for our conversation today because you have a little bit different background than most of the people I've been interviewing on this podcast. And we are going to talk about a lot about people and emotions and uncomfortable conversations. Too. <laughs> but before we, before we jump into it, I think it would be great if you did a little bit of an introduction so people know where you're coming from and all this good stuff. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, So a little background on my end. I am a retired educator. I started teaching in Atlanta, Georgia um, and started multiple programs, then moved to New York City, um, continued following my dream of of teaching the most at-risk kids um, in America and discovered that so much more must be done around emotional intelligence. Um, and the concept of bringing diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and belonging in action into all spaces for children, families, and communities at large. And through that process, I discovered that it doesn't matter um, what the curriculum is. It doesn't matter what the assignments are. If we don't have a strong sense of self um, and believe in who we are as an individual, like being our own individual hero, we can never go out into the world and be the warriors and, and leaders and conscious humans that we want to be. Um, so it led me to starting developing empathetic education with Dana. And it stands for DEED because we're always doing deeds in the world. Um, and that's where I'm at today. And I get to meet amazing people like you discussing how to create cultures that are filled with compassion and curiosity and courage, because ultimately at the end of the day, we want to all be able to come into a space and have our voices heard. We want to listen to learn and to build a space where everyone is really feeling a strong sense of belonging. So Excellent. That makes sense. And I I feel emotional intelligence is definitely a super interesting topic, right? And I think I think when when you look at many leaders especially, I think it's it's often that you see people that are not just struggling with with emotional intelligence, but but generally for for me it's very much about understanding yourself as well. Yes. As much as actually understanding the emotional state of the people around you. Um, but I'd, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Like, so, so, what what do you normally do? What are the type of things you go through with people, and, and so on? So, when we as humans, you know, we have, um, you know, we're familiar with our emotions, meaning like angry, sad, disappointed, happy, joy. Um, but what we don't necessarily pay attention to is where where did we create the meaning behind our emotion. So when people say, Dana, why did you become an educator? It's, it's more than me wanting the summers and spring break. It was, I want to make sure that children learn how they learn so that when they get into the boardroom, they've already played so much in the playground, in the playroom, that they don't have the problems that we're having today in the boardroom, right? And it all starts with making sure that, hold on a second, I'm angry right now. 
what am I really angry at? Am I angry with the fact that my boss isn't listening to me? Or am I angry because this situation reminds me of when I was five and I wasn't listened to? And then somebody else pushes another button. And that reminds me of when I was seven and somebody screamed at me. So now I'm angry and I'm scared. And so we have all of these different emotions being revved up as adults and we don't know where they're necessarily coming from. And so when I talk about, you know, something that's happening at five or six, I'm not asking anyone to relive what happened. And I'm not asking anyone to put a blame, shame, or guilt on what happened. It gives you some reference point of, oh, now I know why screaming bothers me because my dad screamed all the time. This is not going to be a great way for me to communicate with other people. Why do I not like hearing, um, you know, why, why is it so hard for me to have very long conversations with other people? Because when I try to use my voice, it was never heard. So I just sat there in silence for so long, right? So what we're doing is when it comes down to emotional intelligence, it's where am I emotionally? And in this current space right now, in this moment, where am I emotionally? What is allowing me to be present and use my voice? And what is preventing me and pulling me back? And a lot of times we use these, the, the real high language, you know, around emotional intelligence or social emotional learning or, um, you know, any other acronym that comes out. But the reality is, is that it really comes down to knowing who you are as a human and then knowing who you are in a big space, right? Knowing how much you can honor, how much energy you can put into a space, how much, what is going to wear you out? How, what is your... What is your, your spectrum of, of, of playing around, right? And it's really, again, that rich self-awareness allows you to be the rich leader, the rich participant, the active listener, and all of the different components that it takes to build a community. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've always been been keen on, on understanding self because I think that's how you get the most out of yourself and live your best life but I've never thought of it from from this emotional perspective for me it's always been more to to understand your strengths and weaknesses and you know understand where you have the most value to add and so on but I, I like this uh, point of view you have from an emotional standpoint so um, what, what's the best way for people to get started with this stuff? Like if they're sitting listening here and they're like, wow, you know, I, I want to understand more. Like how, how do you get started? So that's a great question. Um, I would actually circle it back to um, the concept of, of strengths and weaknesses. So I actually see it as what can I bring to the table to elevate our table? And what am I going to sit at the table to learn? So I don't see it as a weakness, right? You know, our society is so quick to want to either give a trophy or, or to say to someone, you're so great at this, but you really suck at this, right? <laughs> like, instead of labeling everything, um, I'm not trying to whitewash and clean the slate for everyone, but we really want to highlight, hold on a second, I'm an amazing organizer. I can get you so organized that you are going to know what you're doing every 30 seconds, not from the OCD perspective, right? But that you are so structured and you know what's going on. But hold on a second, I'm not the best person to find out where I can get you all your materials that you're going to need in order to make all this happen, right? So here it is. I came to the table elevating you, and now somebody else at the table is now going to elevate me as I learn where can I get all the best resources in order to make sure that your organization is going to follow through. So the way we do this as adults is going to be much different from what we do it as children. As children, we look at it from the standpoint of 
hmm, that's interesting. That's curious. Let me let me go through this as a scientist, right? And and I use this phrase with all humans. It doesn't matter if you're two or up to triple digits in your in your age on the earth. If we can walk into spaces with curiosity, we are open to learning. We're open to um, strengthening what is already amazing within us. And we're also willing to look at how can I shift and what do I need to shift in order to strengthen the area that is not as strong or not even open, is easily dormant, right, inside of me. So living through the lens of curiosity, right? Living through the lens as a scientist, like I'm looking to discover, I'm looking to understand what it is that you're doing so that I can either learn from you, we can partner together, that we can like cope, we can intertwine our, our thinking and, and, and elevate one another together, or let me teach you something, right? It doesn't have to be these, it's all these different containers that we get to work in together. Um, but it really starts with making sure you are so clear on what awesome attributes you have and that you're bringing to the table. And then also being very clear on what is it that I really want to be learning right now. And you can also put down, I don't know yet. Right. And, and some people call that blank brain. I don't know that's blank brain, but sometimes I don't really know what I want to be learning right now. Maybe I just need to go sit and listen for a bit. And, and the ideas and curiosities are just going to like start sparkling in my head. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that, that's very. It, it's not the way most people think about things. Let's say it that way. So uh, I like that mindset, and I, I always think that. I mean, back to your point about curiosity. I think it's always about figuring out more about yourself, and the more you understand about yourself, you know, the more you can, the more you can actually take action on and and utilize in your day to day world, right? Right, and I think also it's really important that we hold space, create space, create freedom to, to play, right? And play is the most authentic way of learning. When we're willing to play, we don't, we're not so focused on the outcome. We're more focused on the process. We're more focused on what can I do to play the game? What can I, who can, who can I invite to come play with me, right? Who would be interested in coming to play with me? Um, who, who have I met that, that sparked some interest in me that, that I'd like to play with, but I don't really know more about, like, I don't know them well enough to, to really say, hey, I, this would be a wonderful opportunity for you. Or it's more like, let's all come into the arena together. Let's see what's, what's out there for all of us. And let's have a discussion on, you know, where do you think we could all, you know, maneuver in this space together so that we can all grow and expand and create a, create an even bolder experience because that's ultimately what's happening. You know, when we think about management, when we think about leadership, when we think about um, the opportunities that lie for all of us, they're infinite. The possibilities are infinite. And so when we can create a space that invites the curiosity to lead, so if we lead through the curiosity, we're not judging and we're open to learning. Interesting. Yeah. And what what does play look like? So if you're if you're in a corporate environment, for example, like if you were a manager, like what, what would you make play look like? What would be some good examples of play that you would encourage people to engage in? I actually just led um, an in-person workshop 
and it was all um, middle and upper managers. And they were given, um, I created this game for them that they were all given um, some letters and they were also given some objects and the objects could rep the objects could have some kind of connection to the letters they could be totally disconnected but what it did was it gave people the opportunity to decide on what they wanted to see right we pick and choose what we want to see from my perspective right i'm looking i can see that there's two windows and two doors and there's a kitchen kitchen cabinets behind you right but what you're seeing is is not the same as what I'm seeing. So it's all about perception, perspective. And where am I willing to jump in and be vulnerable? Where am I willing to jump in and be okay that I'm not right with the answer? Where am I willing to come in and say, you know what, let anything fall, right? And I think that's the piece when we have the most brilliance that comes out of, of meetings and collaborations is when we come in without the expectation of an end result and we come in with the, the willingness to grow together. And that is the authentic play. That is the authentic discovery. That is the authentic uh, relationships that unfold because we're coming in with some of the same objects, right? We're all given letters and we're all giving objects to play with. But what I do with my objects is not gonna be the same thing you do with yours. And that's how you bring play, creativity, um, the uncertainty, the willingness to try without an outcome, right? Those are all the different ways that you can bring play and, and fun and curiosity back into the workplace instead of having it so rigid. Fantastic. That sounds super interesting. So, I mean, that's, that sounds like some good exercises to go through and I, I totally see how that would, that would help people open up more in particular, right? Um, when, when you're going through these things, is it easy enough in your experience to get everyone on board or is there people who just either emotionally close off or just, you know, mentally say, Oh, this is a waste of time or what's yeah. your experience? Yes, 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 yes. To all of that. Um, I actually, uh, prior to, to hopping on here with you, um, I had a, a private session with someone. Um, we all come into the arena with our own agenda. We all come into meetings with our own agenda. Somebody needs to see me to make sure that, you know, if they saw me, I'm here, that's great. They're gonna give me a check mark. Um, somebody else is coming in because they really want, they're curious about what this whole experience is going to be. Um, another person's coming in because they're on the verge of getting a raise and they, they wanna see how does management work? What do we wanna do differently, right? Um, everyone's coming in it from their own personal space and they're also coming in, they got in a fight with their spouse right before leaving for work. So they're bringing in their home life into this space. And what we're forgetting is when we come into these environments, meaning it could be a one-to-one -one, or it could be a hundred people to 200, 300, or even 3000 people in a room, we're all coming into it with our own personal experiences and how we're feeling about ourselves. Everything comes back to ourselves, not ego, but who we are as a human, right? who we are as this powerful person on this earth, what am I going to do to either be present, to expand, to grow, or who am I going to find that has the same energy level as me right now that just wants to complain, 
that wants to put everything down, that wants to shut the doors to possibilities and opportunities, right? So yes, there are always going to be, always going to be people that don't want to play. And there's always going to be people that don't want to participate. But the hope is, is the majority will want to step in. And it starts really and truly with the leadership. When the leadership jumps into play, it shows everyone else, I'm getting my hands dirty. There's some magic sauce in here. Come get your hands dirty, see what happens, right? And to be able to create that kind of environment, to create that kind of playing field, to create that kind of culture for people to say, you know what? I wanna play, but I just need two minutes by myself. I've had a morning, please embrace where I'm at right now. Thank you for your, thank you for giving me the space I need. I'll see you in two minutes and I'll be all in, right? It's, it all comes back down to the self-awareness of what's happening right now. Um, the things that we can control versus the things we can't control. You know, my dog just barked. I can't control his barking, but I can control, did I freak out? Am I still breathing? Am I still consciously being totally focused with you? Am I choosing to be where I'm at? And so we all have these different opportunities and how we choose to show up comes back down to radical personal responsibility for us. I may not wanna be sitting in this massive room with thousands of people and I know it's only two hours. So what can I take away from these two hours? Bless you. What can I take away from these two hours that are going to elevate, elevate me, that are going to introduce me to a person that I've never seen before? That because I looked over to my left, I see my old elementary school friend that I haven't seen in 20 years, right? When we walk into a space with our mind open for all the possibilities coming without expectations, the infinite can happen. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And um, I mean, just before we kicked off, we, we touched on a, a very interesting topic that I am definitely super interested in myself as well. So uh, in terms of in terms of having uncomfortable conversations or in terms of having conversations that for most humans are potentially difficult to have. Um, I, I've worked with a lot of leaders that are, you know, by nature quite reserved and, and they, they often struggle to give feedback when people aren't performing well. They, they often struggle to have some of those difficult conversation so i love to turn the the focus over on that for a little while so what's what's your experience with uncomfortable conversation how do you guide people through having those i think probably over like the past six to nine months i realized these are not necessarily hard conversations they're uncomfortable conversations i don't want to tell the client that because they've done not to do these three tasks that i've given them their team is not ready to move on to the next step in their program, right? It's not about shaming or blaming or guilting someone when you're having these conversations. It's saying, okay, hold on a second. I'm going to preface with you that I, that I have something that I want to talk to you about. I am already feeling uncomfortable because I don't like confrontation and I don't like to tell people that they're doing something wrong or I don't want you to think, you know, X, but here's what's happening. Because we're not doing X, we cannot do Y. And Z was supposed to be done two weeks ago. So because X hasn't been done, Y cannot be started yet, and Z hasn't even been considered, 
we're beyond, beyond where we're supposed to be right now. Our time is not going to allow us to do all of these different experiences that we want. That's one example. Another example I recently had was with a CEO who was struggling with a, with a new associate. And, you know, we are in a space now where everyone has always deserved opportunities. We just necessarily haven't given them. We've always been in a space where um, it doesn't matter the color of your skin or the age or the race or the culture that you're from, the language you speak, everyone is always invited into that playing field, but it hasn't necessarily happened. And so I think for me, one of the most uncomfortable conversations that I've ever had to have was with myself. And that was when I chose to leave the classroom to go out on my own and create a business that highlights the impact of creating an emotionally aware space so that we can all have access, inclusivity, and equity, because ultimately we want to feel a sense of belonging. The world is always going to be diverse, right? But for me, that was the hardest conversation. That conversation was with myself. Am I going to continue staying in a classroom, teaching and doing all the things that I do so great? Or am I going to go out and start my own business and start consulting and start leading big, powerful people and corporations and bring awareness to what we're not doing for children and for parents and for communities and so on? And that is when it comes into choosing from a hard conversation, because what's hard for you will not necessarily be hard for me. But what's uncomfortable for me leads you to know that I'm about to share something. I'm about to be vulnerable. I'm about to go outside my comfort zone. I'm about to probably feel really nauseous and um, do a little extra breathing in the process so that I don't pass out while I'm talking and having this conversation with you. Or in my case, when I had the conversation with myself, right? It's really important that we look at why is this conversation uncomfortable? What am I bringing up that feels uncomfortable? What am I bringing up that may be uncomfortable for the other person, right? It doesn't have to be some, you know, headline conversation in the newspaper. It can be as simple as, I really don't like what you're bringing to lunch every day because the smell is really killing me. And this is so uncomfortable for me to tell you because I know it's your favorite food. How can we compromise? It can be as simple as what you bring to lunch makes me nauseous. <laughs> it could be to something's happening and you're not completing your deadlines. Every time a project is due, something comes up and you're unable to finish it. Let's look at this. Is it because you're worried that once you start showing up and doing your best work that we're going to promote you and then you'll have more responsibilities? How does that feel in your body? More responsibilities, right? So this, the conversation of uncomfortable, the concept of uncomfortable conversations is so broad and leads itself to, and, lend, and lends itself to so many different arenas and opportunities for all parties to learn and grow. So that, that, that idea of, of shifting the language instead of saying, oh, here we go, another hard conversation. No, it's not. Because again, for you, that's hard is easy for me. And what's uncomfortable for me may not have any impact on you. That makes sense. I mean, so if we take some particular examples, right? So I, I have a lot of leaders that are naturally very reserved as individuals. And 
typically what happens is that when they're dealing with more assertive people in particular, like they're, they're generally often not afraid, but they're uncomfortable with confrontation. And when, particularly when they're dealing with people who are very assertive, they are very, I would even go to the word afraid of walking into those conversations in the first place. And it's probably, probably one of the biggest development points that a lot of these very reserved people have in my experience. So what's, what's a way for them? I mean, definitely thinking through it. And, and I mean, I always try and ask them to like, you know, what's the worst case? What's the worst that can happen? What are, you know, if the person really freaks out or whatever, like what, what what's the worst that can happen? And a lot of the time, that's not as bad as people imagine, right? So, so I, that's one way I've, I've used personally to try and help people go around it. But, but reality is there's some people that are so afraid of the confrontation or they, they're even just afraid of someone raising their voice to them. It makes them feel very uncomfortable, right? So what, what is a workable way in your experience to, to try and improve that as a, you know, make it feel less uncomfortable for the person? I love your question. It's absolutely brilliant. And you are right. Some of the, some of the most profound leaders I've met are introverts, um, which, you know, for many, it's shocking because, you know, you have to lead, you have to use your voice. You have to be a person and standing with stature and confidence. Um, but just because you're an introvert, meaning you're not, a, in, you're not interested in, or you're not, that your energy bandwidth is not allowing you to be around a lot of people at one time. The leader actually gets to start off with, these are a few points that I want to talk to you about. I love that you're doing X. I love that you're doing Y. We're not getting to Z because, and you have your facts. And it can also be for middle management, it, talking with upper management, right? It can be middle management saying, hey, listen to, you know, to their leader. I'm so successful at X and I'm so successful at Z. The Y, there's a problem. And this is the data that I've collected to show the problem with Y. And I would love your insight on how we can propel Y forward so that I can have success, create a sense of success for X, Y, and Z, right? But it all starts with the vulnerability. It all starts with taking radical personal responsibility. It all starts with really looking yourself in the mirror and saying, you know what? I'm not doing the best work that I can do right now. Or you know what? You're dismissing all the things that I've been doing and you're fixated on one little piece to the puzzle. I often equate it to, um, I often equate it to um, when I was a child, and, you know, we would take tests or, or have quizzes or whatever. And, you know, you get this, you get this amazing score of a 95 and you don't focus on the 95, all the things you've done, right. You focus on the one that you've done wrong. The one question you miss is what you focus on. And right there, if we could just shift the paradigm, right. Shift to all the amazing that is happening for us instead of the one piece that happened to me, oh, I screwed up that one time. So now it's just like, now this is horrible. It's really being open 
it's creating a culture of how can I propel the people around me in a calm, sustainable way? How am I creating a culture that invites people to use their voice, to activate their voice, to ask the questions? No one to, to remember that it's not about positive or negative, right or wrong, good or bad. It's about, I'm curious. We're doing this project. What is the intent of the project? Where is the project going to take us? And how is it going to help the collective? And if we cannot answer those questions, then the collective has to take a step back and look at the whole playing field and really decide on what is the impact? What's the energy that we're doing here, right? And so the raising of the voices, the passive aggressiveness, um, all of these different ways of, of hiding from feedback, right? All of the ways of, of pointing the finger at other people can be prevented when we actually open ourselves up to receiving what other people's, whatever somebody has to share with us. And then also to take that opportunity to sit and absorb it and say, listen, I really appreciate all the information you just gave me. This was a lot to take in. I am going to take all of my notes that I just took. I'm gonna write some questions up and I would love it if we can meet you know, in a day or two. How does that feel? Like, how does that work for you, right? So I'm the worker and you're my boss and you're saying, Dana, these are the things you've really got to be working on. I mean, have you noticed, you know, like this is just slacking and this is not great. And I could just say, hmm, something else is going on here. Something else is going on here. Let me, let me dig into this a little bit more. And I'm never attaching to the outcome, right? I'm never attaching to why is my boss saying what he's saying to me or she's saying to me. Why, why is my question being dismissed? Um, I'm always looking at what can we do as a collective to create the space that we're all craving. And that's ultimately what the feedback is for, right? We want every single party participating in the business organization to all thrive. And the only way we can do that is through open and honest communication. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much for that. So, um... Yeah, just before we finish off here, Dana, um, what, what are some of the key resources that you would recommend to people if they want to understand more of this? Like what's some books or trainings or anything people can do? I think um, one of my one of my go-to around emotional intelligence, um, there's so many different um, doctors and theorists out there, but I one of my favorite my go-to immediate um, is either um, Adam Grant, um, and he is a, a professor and also all around um, psychology and, and positive psychology, right? It's not, it's not, you know, positive, it's not toxic. Um, you know, we, we hear the phrase um, um, toxic positivity. It's not, you know, let me make everything beautiful in your world and, and everything glow. It's, hold on a second, what is working here? And how can we keep it going? And what do we need to shift, right? What do we need to change? And truthfully, one of my favorite leaders around leadership is Brene Brown. She's all about, you know, daring to lead, taking the step out, letting you know that, you know, it's, you're part of the system. So you don't get to remove yourself when something's not working, right? 
you're just, you're in it with everyone else. And I think, you know, I think those are the important pieces to remember as, as a community, as a leader, as a business owner, as a participant in a business, um, that we're all in this together and we're choosing to be in it together. And so when we create that space of choice and commitment, then we're able to actually lead and receive instead of going into it as a, an attack mode or somebody trying to, to do something to us. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Excellent. If people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best way to connect to you? Or- they can go to, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, or you can also find me on my website. It's danacaplanteach.com. Um, and my link tree is also there. It's available. Um, I also am on Instagram. I'm consistently writing posts about how to create the cultures and space that you desire and crave. Um, so really, there's lots of different ways. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining me today, Dana. That was a Thank very you. good conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.